Welcome to Becoming Heisenberg, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, so we're here today to talk about Season 1, Episode 6, the penultimate episode for Season 1 of Breaking Bad, Crazy Handful of Nothing. Uh, what do you think of this episode? I thought this was great, this episode. I really enjoyed it. It was another one that I'd completely forgotten where they actually went you know i i remembered little bits of scenes and stuff like i remember that they went to meet tuco at some point but i think i i remember the scene later which is obviously coming up in the later episodes when he was wearing the kind of pork pie hat and the and they were meeting outside i'd kind of forgotten about the the whole of them meeting inside like tuco's office and him blowing it up and all, all that sort of stuff i'd I'd forgotten that that all happened. Right. Um, and I remembered the scene that where, where Hank had gone in, you know, gone into the school because he found the mask and stuff. But, you know, so I, I'd forgotten about the janitor being arrested and, and all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing what you forget when you haven't seen the show for so long, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it was a great episode. You've got, Walt starting the chemotherapy stuff and you know you getting into that and and this is the first time we actually see him use Heisenberg as well yeah so um I mean we've had this discussion about when he becomes Heisenberg and and this is a sort of proto version of it despite him using the name it he's still not quite fully there but it, it is certainly the the start of it um definitely at this point you know because it takes balls to go into a drug dealer and suddenly demand a load of money even more yeah. than you're asking for in the first place <laughs> you know, so. yeah uh yeah i think this episode's brilliant i think this is one of the best episodes of the first season um mm. may- maybe of the show there's well there's a lot of good episodes of breaking bad mainly most of them um but uh this is this is one that stands out for season one i think this and the pilot stand out quite a lot you've got others as well you know the death of crazy eight and uh some others some others in season one um it's quite iconic i think with um the cold open with this episode with him kind of walking out of the building and you're wondering yeah. what the hell's going on and all that that stuff's really great um this also again has got a good balance of Walter's still intimidated by certain people like with hank and he's getting asked all these questions and um hank is still kind of you know above him in a way uh mm. but then you go to this you know tuco stuff later and he's really taking charge um so great bit of you know character development with him and and things like that because he's it it sort of really highlights at the moment at this point in walt's life that the drug stuff and the science and well particularly with the science because that's probably his biggest strength and the, the thing he's you know best at and all that um yeah. really kind of showing like he's trying to get into this you know drug deal business stuff and you know trying to sort of uh negotiate all that with jesse um and then you go over to the family side and it's still kind of nerves and it's still sort of like you know he's trying to look good in front of his family and that sort of stuff so i think that was done really really well in this episode um and yeah you got the highlighted scene uh the start and the end of the episode you know with, with tuco and everything mm. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was another brilliant one. And it also shows a little bit of, um, Jesse's weakness in a way. Like, sure, he's good at, like, setting up these drug deals and stuff, but, like, even with, uh, Skinny Pete there and some other stuff that that's kind of going on, um, he isn't quite 
you know, at the top of the tree, so to speak, and, and that sort of thing, because uh, he gets beaten up and everything, so that was uh, an interesting side to show of Jesse. Um, not saying that, like, he looked brilliant before, because he's he's made mistakes before now, like, with the box and some other stuff like that, but uh, it's kind of showing, because up until this point in Season 1, other than a few of the Crazy 8 scenes, we haven't really seen, like, the drug dealer side of, of the show, and this was the first, like, big one of, of those, um, I think, as well, with uh, with Tuco. Um, yeah. So, especially, I mean, both Crazy Eight and Tuco were certainly intimidating, but I think you could argue that Tuco's the more intimidating one. Uh, yeah. Certainly, but um, yeah, showing all that I think was uh, was pretty good as well. But um, a great way to set up the uh, season finale as well for mm. uh, you know the next episode. So, um, pretty good stuff. Uh, anything else in this episode you want to talk about in the pre-talk? Uh, no. I mean, there's some interesting facts that that. I've just managed to look up about this episode things like the um the the scene where uh Skinny Pete takes Jesse to meet Tuco apparently was originally it, that was originally supposed to be Badger that was what is originally written as oh. until the writers decided that actually they don't think somebody like Badger would be the type of person to associate with Tuco and they rewrote it for Skinny Pete instead yeah. which does make a lot more sense yeah. I think yeah, I think um, I think you look at if you look at Badger and Skinny Pete, yeah, Badger's certainly the more comedic one, um, especially given like you know his job that they showed a couple of weeks ago as compared to this really dangerous drug deal stuff, which I do think suits uh, Skinny Pete a lot more. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the title of Crazy Handful of Nothing is is apparently a reference to the movie Cool Hand Luke as well, um, which, which has some context in the poker bluff that we see Walt do because mm-hmm. that's sort of what Cool Hand Luke was about but also kind of doubles as a reference to the chemical explosion as well so uh, that was that was quite good yeah um, I continue to at least at this point in, in this particular rewatch um, I still like Hank quite a lot at this mm. point um, he's just he's a good person to have in a scene with Walt like specifically, I mean, he bounces off of other characters really well in certain ways. Like Jesse, he's different with him. With Skylar, he's different. With Walt Jr., he's different. But particularly, how it's just his. When you look at how nervous he is around Hank, and like he's he's walking through, he's going through their inventory and stuff, and he's like, oh, oh, I'm not sure. And he, he you can clearly tell he's just so nervous. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting to see that side, especially you know Dean Norris's performance as Hank is always really really good. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just finding the character of Hank um, quite entertaining at this point. So uh, what what do you think yeah. of him at the moment? Yeah, I I entirely agree. It, I, and in this at this point, you aren't you know when we, I talked about you know this is the sort of proto version of Heisenberg that we're seeing. You've still very much got although we're starting to see more of, you know, that we see the kind of creation of Heisenberg at this point, there is still very, very much Walt and Heisenberg right now. You know, there are still very much two characters kind of going on and one isn't overtaking the other. You know, Walt, as you Mm -hmm. say, when when he's in particular family situations, he's still very, very submissive. And you're seeing, you know, you're seeing more of the Heisenberg stuff and, kind of come out this episode and you'll see him actually use the name and that sort of stuff but mm. and, um there's and still the, uh, very much head. a battle going on yeah and the bald head makes his <laughs> first appearance at this point yeah yeah he wore glasses in this episode didn't he but not the hat 
Yes, yeah. the hat didn't make an. I can't remember where the hat comes from. I'm sure we'll find that out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, uh, but the glasses yeah. were in this one. So yeah, uh, which if you look at our iTunes feed um, logo, uh, you'll see what he looks like in full. So yes, which by by now I'm pretty sure most people have seen that look and stuff. Uh, quite iconic. So yes. All right, I think that's all for the pre-talk. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Let's get into the episode. Walt and Jesse come to an agreement. This is the cold open, by the way. Uh, they come to an agreement. Walt Walt, sorry, will be the uh, cook and silent partner, at least at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. in their meth operation while Jesse will sell their product on the street. Walt demands no further bloodshed. Yeah, okay. Uh, as this <laughs> That'll is... work out well, yeah. <laughs> as this is happening, we get a flash forward of a uh, bald Walt, that was difficult to say, walking away from an exploded uh, building holding a bag with blood on it. Um, yeah. I think on the first watch you could kind of make an assumption about like, okay, is that someone's head or something? Or well, like, I, I did wonder if it yeah. was a head because I, I honestly couldn't remember what had happened. And I did think, is that a, a bag with that? Because I know there is a bit where people lose their heads in later episodes, but I, I couldn't remember what had happened at this point. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, yeah, very, very good cold open. You, it's, it's again one of the more mysterious ones where you're like, yeah. okay, okay, why is Walt bald? Why is there a building exploding? Why is he walking away like this? Why is he? Yeah, there's just so many questions that you've you've particularly got, and there's like all these biker guys around him, and like what what the hell has kind of gone on, you know? Yeah, it's it's one of the things. There's only a couple actually of these proper weird cold opens in these in the you know I, I, yeah. in the first season or, or cold opens where you really have no clue what's going on and the, i mean the cold opens as we go through the season the various seasons they get stranger and stranger i mean the the the, the what was it the cuddly toy in the swimming pool which yeah, i think baffled thing. people yeah the teddy bear in the swimming pool which baffled people for a very long time um that there's that one uh, you know they they get kind of odder as you get further into it but some of the cold opens they're sort of only really been this one, which is like, what the heck is going on? And the the kids playing with the mask as well, I guess, this first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and the a lot pilot of the other... with the RV and stuff. Yeah, and the pilot with the RV. Um, and it's something that I think by the time they get into the second season, they were, they kind of worked out that that worked quite well. And it got used more and more, I think, as they went through the seasons. But uh, yeah, this this was a, a very much a classic kind of Breaking Bad cold open, I think. Mm-hmm. What I quite like about a lot of these as well is the editing timing, because it often cuts straight to the actual intro of the show right before you're potentially about to get an answer. Because he's on his way to the car. Obviously, we find that yeah. out later. And like just before he kind of gets there, you cut immediately and then you do the intro. And they, they do that timing quite well uh, with a lot. You sort of like come to a full stop um and then you play the intro which is always pretty good and sort of chilling and everything so a uh, very very good one um yeah it's it's funny isn't it with you know you go back to i think it's the second episode where Walt's sort of saying like okay we start this rv we get out of the desert we never see each other again that doesn't work out no more further bloodshed i'm a silent partner and you see the results of that as well in this cold open. But, um, you know, sometimes characters that get involved with these things say that they're going to, you know, one last deal kind of thing. Or I'm not going to kill anyone else or this and that. And uh, they don't quite realise how wrong they are in the moment, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, edit, the editor on this, by the way, because the editing was great in this episode. Particularly the, the later sequence where you get um, Jesse's kind of going out and trying to sell the meth. and. Right. There's a lot of kind of quick cuts of in, in different areas. I thought the editing was brilliant this episode. It's um, Skip McDonald, who uh, also works on Better Call Soul, but did El Camino as well. Hmm. So, you know, he's somebody that, that uh, has worked stuff. across. Yeah, worked across a lot of things. And uh, he worked on things like a series of unfortunate events. He's working on Foundation at the moment, which is the uh, Apple TV. Series. I think it's Apple TV that are doing that. Um which is a sort of adaptation of, uh, you know, a very famous novel. So, it, yeah, it's an Apple TV show. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a kind of multi-award winning um, editor and you kind of can see why in episodes like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's called Open, very, very good one for this first season. Um, and that that's actually the first we see of the bald Walt um, yeah. Not not like chronologically, obviously it's slightly later, but um, yeah, it's a very very good one. Meanwhile, as Walt's chemotherapy continues, um, he tells Skylar that Elliot's check came and he's deposited deposited it 
uh, when it in fact uh, when he's in fact struggling to pay for the treatment and plans on using his meth profits to cover it hence the plot of the show uh, at a family therapy session Skylar tells Walt that she is concerned about his missing hours but he explains that he just likes to be alone and take walks and just kind of be by himself um, it's kind of funny in some of these sort of scenes not like the actual place that they're at obviously people have problems and that's uh you know quite bad in that but um when when he gets asked questions like um hey Walt, so what do you do in those hours oh i you know cook meth yeah you kind of you kind of think about that in the moment of like what would happen if he just like it, it, it might even turn into one of them situations where like somebody doesn't even believe him maybe like he's kind of like, like imagine saying something like that at a meeting where you where you seem like a completely normal family kind of thing that's just you know living an average kind of good life or whatever uh i'm sure one of you's got you know uh, cancer and then your son's got uh, cerebral palsy and stuff but imagine just kind of if he did say that in that moment because um, the, the way she sort of asks him and stuff and how sort of innocent Walt looks again going back to the whole walk to Heisenberg yeah. kind of thing um, and how kind of nervous he looks and he's just trying to calmly explain uh, to his concerned family about you know I just like to just take these walks and just just do this kind of stuff uh, i thought that was quite good but um yeah just in that moment i thought like oh yeah cook's crystal meth in his spare time so uh i thought yeah. this was a good scene again it's really interesting I, i'm didn't i didn't really notice this the first couple of times i watched the season or the series um walt jr's kind of confidence in a lot of these scenes um he's never really like he's kind of the opposite of his dad in a way um where like uh what's it? i think skylar says about that okay where, where have you gone where do you like to go and he's like yeah dad what's what's up with that sort of thing it's those little kind of yeah. comments and things and like the things he said to his dad in the previous episodes about like you know the struggles of the you know the cancer and he's got the cerebral palsy and the whole fight fight for both of those things yeah um it's just really interesting noticing and rj mitt does a really really good job uh portraying it but just the confidence from him i think is uh quite good uh, i think if you if you were to look at the you know the the white family um probably walt jr and hank have got the most confidence marie can kind of say a few things here and there but she's you know i think hank and walt jr uh, are pretty much the most too confident uh in the family but uh, what do you think of that particular therapy session yeah again i agree with you on on that with with walt jr and uh rj mitt's very underrated in the show and you know i as I say, I don't know whether he ever actually got nominated for anything, but he certainly deserved to I've be. I've never if he heard didn't. about him getting nominated because um, yeah. he he really does a good job with this. And and Le, yeah, it it is interesting in how he perceives his father, as because you sort of think that he perceives him as being a weak man. Yeah, you know. Yeah. To, and Walt Junior has a lot of confidence, and yeah, he's he's like you say, very much the opposite of his dad. Uh, we he's or certainly perceives that's the perception that you get when they're there as a family unit um and walt's response as well he's almost like the sort of the the boilerplate i like long walks on the beaches you know i like a good sense of yeah the type of thing that you get on a dating profile almost (laughs) it you know it's like what do you do with your spare time oh well i enjoy going out for walks and 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 you know i like some time on my own and you know this sort of thing and it sort of makes sense but you could tell he's kind of making it up on the spot as uh, you know because obviously he can't tell them what he's actually doing <laughs> so well yeah yeah so yeah it's 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 kind of interesting that i yeah i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a good scene, and I I think yeah, as these six episodes that we've gone through, um, yeah, Walt Junior is kind of a bit of an unnoticed character, I think. Mm. Uh, you look at some of the big characters in Breaking Bad. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil some of the big later ones. You know who I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's usually looked at as like okay, Walt, Jesse, Skyler, Hank. And then when you get to sort of Marie and Walt Jr., they're not really talked about as much. Um, mm. I mean, Marie, I think, is arguably one, definitely one of the smallest characters in the show. She's yeah. she's kind of there for Skylar to have that you know sisterly bond kind of thing with, and someone for Hank to uh, bounce off of now and again, um, mm. you know, in in dialogue and stuff. So, yeah, that's the uh, therapy stuff. A- anything you want to say about the uh, check scene? I mean, we know what's going on and all that. You know, he's yeah, trying to use no, his I mean, uh, yeah. meth profits for it and stuff. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. He's kind of saying about like, oh, save it for Monday, and then that becomes becomes a thing, and the uh, cashier, whatever you call yeah, her, she yeah. kind of starts to I- notice. Which is and, cool. and it's you then get into the stuff about which I, I seem to remember it comes up in the later episodes of you do have the problem of how did he clean the money, um, which we I seem to remember we get into in the later episodes because you can't just take a few thousand and dump it in the bank <laughs> when it's you know when it's come from a drug you know when it's drug money so you've got to find some way of cleaning that you know and making it like. Mm-hmm. You know, go through a business and stuff, which we do, which I, I seem to remember comes up in the later episodes. But yeah, uh, yeah so I I do wonder how he's you know covering this stuff at the moment. I, I, I guess he's doing it from his normal paycheck, and then his plan is to try and clean the money and and make make that money back. Well, you cause know, because at the moment he's kind of got. We saw it in a like a couple of episodes ago. He's kind of got that money just stored in his house. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. So in the in the vents and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to know about like cleaning money and and things like that, uh, Good Girls really focuses on that. Uh, the right. M- the NBC and Netflix series, specifically in season three, it's a very 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 big deal. Um, I'd recommend you all go and watch that as well. It's on Netflix yes. in the UK and uh, NBC. Maybe Peacock. I'm not really sure uh, but probably. Uh, it's an NBC show well, yeah. so uh, go and check that out as well um, while cooking meth Jesse observes a radiotherapy burn on uh, Walt's chest and realises he is trying to take care of his family before he dies of lung cancer uh, Jesse finishes their current batch and spends all night selling it bringing Walt his share of 1300 uh, far less than he expected Jesse explains they need a distributor uh, if they want to make more money after Crazy Eight's death, Tuco Salamanca has taken over his territory. Um, yeah, kind of big reveal. Um, it, it does make you kind of wonder, like, how long was Walt going to keep doing this without telling Jesse? I mean, he noticed eventually because, like, his coughing is getting worse and it spread to mm. his uh, lymph nodes, is it, or something? Yes. Um, with that, which, again, Jesse just recognises all this because of what happens to his aunt and everything. Um, he happens to have his shirt open in that moment because he's really hot and everything, uh, and then he sees the, uh, the the burn thing on his on his chest. Um, again, uh, speaking of because you met, you mentioned in the the pre talk about things we do and don't remember, I didn't quite remember that this is how Jesse found out about no. um, Walt's uh, Walt's cancer and stuff. But it's it's a good scene, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a good kind of uh, reveal and stuff. But again, Jesse's kind of right about like you've got I'm your partner you have to tell you me about these kind of me, things yeah. especially when you know you're dying or potentially going to die or whatever um yeah. and that sort of thing so jesse's right and like it i just kind of wondered in this scene like what was walt's plan with this specifically like when was he going to i mean he tells 
you know crazy eight kind of just on a whim uh sort of because they're making conversation that and mm-hmm. it's interesting when when you think about okay well, all the conversations that jesse and mort have had a lot of them have been like dis- disagreements or heated conversations and, and things like that and then you look at the conversation with crazy eight and it happened to be in this kind of calm setting both where they knew they were pretty much a threat to each other but they still had that sort of calming conversation it just sort of came out when when he mm. kind of told him and that but um yeah it's interesting to kind of see that as well but uh yeah I still kind of wonder to this day like what was Walt's plan with uh with Jesse so uh, what do you think yeah i it's actually a really well played scene this particularly mm. i like the fact that you know Jesse asks Walt what stage are you and he says 3a and Jesse comes back with oh man that means it's spread to your lymph nodes and the look of kind of surprise on Walt's face as well, because it's, you know, I mean, Jesse obviously knows about this because he says he has an aunt that went through it. But the look at his surprise that this kid actually knows a little bit more about, you know, he's he's that there's a sort of shock in Walt that that Jesse knows stuff, you know, because <laughs> um, mm. he kind of sees him, I think, you know, not as an equal, but as sort of, yeah, well, he's a drug dealing idiot. You know, and there, there is still that going on there. And there's still this very much, you know, teacher, student, sort of father, son kind of thing happening between the pair of them, which I think, you know, continues pretty much throughout the entire show. But I, th- I think Walt gains more respect for Jesse as they go through it. Whereas, you know, this is one of those nice sort of early scenes where, where Walt, you know, Jesse surprises Walt, even with just a tiny bit of knowledge, which I, th- I thought was nice. And it's it, there's just the little looks. It It's so nicely played that. Um, and you have the conversation that comes after that with them talking about needing a, desp- a distributor. Uh, th- I thought that was nice just because Walt clearly has no idea how this thing operates, you know, because it's, I mean, Jess is entirely right. You can't just kind of wander in and dump a bag of meth on somebody and say, here you go. You know, here's all of it Go and Yeah. They, they can't distribute it that way. You could, that's not how it works. You're going to get like, you know, as he says, it's a, it's a federal quantity of meth that they're trying to sell from and, nobody you know if they don't know you they're not going to take it because you could be dea you could be a plant you know so yeah uh i the the sort of waltz you you're st- definitely starting to see the areas of expertise coming out in that i mean walt i think gets his message across slightly better but you know the the jesse does but, but you are there is very distinct expertise on both sides there yeah yeah it's uh interesting as well with the you know the tuco um kind of scene and not the Tuco scene sorry when Jesse explains that Tuco's now kind of the the big guy and stuff and mm. uh Walt's kind of um reaction to all that and you can clearly see he wants to go and like see him already and kind of just get involved because Walt's really really you know well I wouldn't say he's being impatient at the moment he needs to rush this whole process because he's not sure like how long he's got left or whatever um and things are obviously getting worse for him with the cancer whereas Jesse's kind of trying to tell him at the moment about like okay you you can't just like you said you can't just go here you go buy all of this you've got to distribute it in a particular way um and this is kind of it's kind of interesting as well because this is where jesse's expertise as opposed to walt's come into play because yeah as we've established from pretty much the start walt's the one that knows how to cook it 
and Jesse's the one that knows, you know, the distribution of the business and like who's in charge and here who his friend knows and all that sort of thing. Um, and Walt's kind of, I, I wouldn't say necessarily oblivious, but he's really unaware of like how all of that works. Yeah. So th- I, I mean, think that yeah. gives, I think that gives a good chance to give a spotlight to Jesse as well. Of like, okay, this he, he does actually know some stuff about yeah. like what, what's going on. So. And it, it, Walt being sort of utterly clueless about, you know, because he comes back and says, it gives him, you know, they, they made what, 1300 sort of, yeah. uh, what, what you know, $1,300. $1, um, so, you know, he's, and he comes back and he's like, well, this is, this is not okay. You know, what about the rest of it? And just having to sort of explain that, that you can't do it like that. It, it, yeah. It, it's kind of really interesting to just see those expertise come out. I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, where are we now? Jesse gains a meeting with Tuco after getting, um, his friend, skinny Pete, who served time in prison alongside Tuco. I bet that was fun uh, to vouch for him. Tuco, though Tuco is willing to pay 35, um, thousand for a pound of meth. He insists on paying only after his dealers have completed, uh, the sales when Jesse refuses, Tuco beats him with the bag of money that he pretends to give him, uh, and lands him in the hospital. Um, yeah, establishing Tuco with his first scene, establishing him as uh, well, he's not quite in the right frame of mind to really be doing this sort of stuff because he's you know off his head high and that sort of thing. Yeah, God knows what he's been you know uh, what he's been doing drug wise and things like that. Um, and you can just kind of you can really tell. I mean, it's quite obvious, you know as soon as Jesse starts talking about Tuco, because you know that this guy's obviously, you know, knows his drugs and things like that. Just the way of how casually Tuco is, is, uh, I guess, sniffing or smoking or whatever. I guess he's sniffing it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, the, the crystal meth, just, just like how casually he sort of does it, establishes as well, just, you know, more about his character, and it kind of establishes some, I guess, some physical stuff about him. Because you, you see earlier with the Jesse scene with Walt where he's talking about him and you can kind of get a little bit of a picture about him but now you actually see him and see how kind of off his head he is and, and that sort of thing um, and then yeah goes to pretend to give Jesse all this money he's just loading it up in the bag and uh, just beats it with him uh, beats him with it sorry yeah um, yeah what do you think of this uh, first scene with Tuco to establish him I suppose yeah it's a great introduction um, yeah Tuco for, for those of you wondering what the connection is he's, he's to Hector who, of course, we meet later, but you'll know from Better Call Saul, he's the nephew. He's one of the nephews. That's that's what Tuco is to mm-hmm. to the uh, to the other characters. But uh, yeah, it's I mean those Salabankas are pretty nuts throughout, you know. Um, and uh, it, it, so it's interesting to see Tuco kind of pop up here, um, and really does establish him as these kind of slightly psychotic character, which the uh, the Salamancas that we've seen in Better Call Saul are, are pretty much all of that kind of level of to one degree or another. Uh, Tuco is one of the crazier ones as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a particularly violent scene. It's 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 sort of difficult to... I, I don't know. It does sort of make sense in a prison setting that where Skinny Pete might have had some connection with Tuco and sort of plays it up a bit as being you can see that maybe in prison Tuco was this you know was obviously this big kingpin and Skinny Pete was probably this annoying kid that kind of hung around 
you know, and then when he gets out, he's like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, we were tight in prison. And it's like, and you can imagine that in prison, he they weren't particularly tight, but he just hung around with that group and was kind of on the periphery somewhere. So they sort of know each other. But uh, yeah, I it's it's kind of interesting to, to see all that play out. And, you know, I, yeah, I Jesse, I mean, tries to kind of stand up for himself there and then kind of get viciously beaten down for it. So it's it's interesting to see that side of Jesse as well, of, of him kind of trying to play the bigger man and, you know, sort of trying to stand up to him and then getting, you know, ne- that never goes well for Jesse whenever he does that. So Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would have quite liked to have seen maybe a little bit of, okay, what was life for skinny pete like in prison with um tuco there i can't imagine it was very easy for uh for him at all no but um yeah it's a good uh it's a good establishing scene for tuco as well so uh meanwhile hank traces the gas mask found in the desert to walt's high school hank and walt take the inventory of the chemistry lab to find other equipment is also missing and it's mostly the equipment that we've seen yes using like the beaker and some other things as well because uh, hank specifically says about like you know, some uh, meth head had, like, you know, ha- had his way with this room kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leading Hank to suspect that a student obtained a key to uh, a, to the lab storage room. Later, Hank arrests a school janitor named Hugo, who keeps cleaning up after Walt uh, and things like that, who would have had the keys uh, and a previous record for drug possession. Walt feels guilty letting uh, Hugo take the fall and tries to contact Jesse, only to learn about his uh, hospitalization. He visits Jesse and learns about what happened with Tuco. Um, poor Hugo. I mean, you know, he's got yeah. a drug past, but he's not doing it at the moment. He's, you know, cleaning up after uh, Walt, unfortunately, every day. Um, it, it almost seems like that's part of both of their routines daily yeah. with, with, with Walt and, uh, and Hugo. Because, it, yeah, it seems to be... Yeah, seems to be kind of a, kind of a regular thing because we see it twice at least in this episode, uh, but I imagine it's happening quite a bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you think of what they did here with Hugo? To, to be honest, I didn't remember any of the character of Hugo really. Yeah. So um, again, it's it's one of those interesting things that sort of places this in a certain part of history because of course the thing that they're asking for is marijuana possession, and there's been a few discussions in this from the you know from. Uh, Hank talking about how it's a gateway drug and all this sort of thing. And now, of course, marijuana is pretty much legal in most of the states in the US. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it does place it at a particular point in time. Um, but, yeah, I I think it's a, it's a nice sort of individual little bit which places more guilt on Walt because if Walt wasn't doing this they wouldn't have come investigating and yeah. you know Hugo wouldn't have been looked at and and he wouldn't have been arrested and you know his life wouldn't have been ruined so it adds more guilt onto Walt which I think is you know entirely the purpose of it being there and uh, you know because Hugo's clearly not you know a, he's a decent guy yeah he likes to smoke some weed but he's a decent enough guy and uh you know so so he smokes some weed so what you know, should really have been the the point, but Hank being Hank just comes down on him, and they even say later on, you know, oh well, he didn't have anything to do with stealing the stuff, but we got him on the on the weed, and you know, you do feel very sorry for Hugo because it's there's really no, you know, he's not he, he's not some major drug dealer, he's not some bad guy particularly. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Uh, again, like I was uh, mentioning in the, the pre-talk, this scene with Hank and Walt in this uh, storage room and stuff. Yeah. It, 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 from, right from where, like, um, is it one of the other teachers there? So, like, hey, your brother's here to, to speak to you. And then he's clearly, like, completely unprepared to even see his brother. And yeah. just the moment that Hank walks in and he takes control of that room... And you just get this immediate switch with Walt of like nerves, and like hey, hey Hank, and he's all he's all nervous and stuff. And then it kind of gets taken up a notch where like he pulls the mask out, uh, the gas mask, and Walt recognizes it straight away clearly, and then thinks about okay, I probably left that in the desert, um, and then just starts searching around and asking about keys and who's got them and all that sort of thing, and then realizing like okay, there's other stuff that's gone missing, the beaker and things and. Even then, like, you know, gets the call from uh, from Jesse and stuff and pretend, you know, like he did in, I think, the second episode or maybe, maybe the, I don't think it was in the pilot, when he had that call at home from Jesse and he, he pretended it was, like, insurance or whatever. Uh, and then it happens again later here and he just, you know, pretends it's uh, something else. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just the way that, I mean, both of them act it pretty well uh, with... Um, with Brian Cranston and with and with Dean Norris here, but yeah, just the way that Hank takes control of this, you, you know, when they say that someone's like owning the room or whatever, yeah, um, it, it, w- that sort of thing, and then they just go into the storage thing, and it's kind of interesting as well because this is a place where clearly Walt's like overqualified for his, for his job, and the students don't really pay attention to him and stuff, and he's he's still very very comfortable there, even though he doesn't feel like what he's doing is probably worth it that much. And then, you know, with, with all the science and everything, and he, he knows exactly what he's talking about on a daily basis to these kids. And then Hank comes in and kind of just completely throws him off of mm. that, uh, I think is, is interesting as well. Uh, so what do you think of their uh, brotherly interaction, I suppose? Yeah, it is it is sort of interesting. I think Walt Keatsy's called better than maybe he would have done previously, but you do see the nerves kind of come through and him trying to mm-hmm. sort of go, Oh no, no, I don't know how any of this happened. How, how, Ooh, no, you, you know, you, the, there's, there's sort of all that kind of stuff going on. And, um, you know, the, the way Hank, like you say, Hank kind of owns the room, you know, any room that he's in, he tends to be the biggest character in it. Um, yeah. certainly at this point. And uh, this is no exception. And it is very interesting seeing this juxtaposition of of the Walt in this scene compared to the you know the the more Heisenberg version of Walt that we see later on. You know, you're still seeing the two very different sides to this same person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, now starting to lose uh, his hair from chemo, Walt decides to shave off what remains um, of his of his hair that he's got left. Uh, afterwards, he arranges uh, for a meeting with Tuco under the name Heisenberg, the first time it's used in the series, demanding $50,000 from Tuco, um, $35,000 for the meth Tuco took from Jesse, and 15000 for pain and suffering for Jesse's state, uh, treatment. Uh, seeing Walt with another bag of material, Tuco calls his bluff and threatens Walt. Walt throws a piece of material against the floor which explodes. Uh, the entire floor is shaken, blowing out the windows and knocking everyone um, off their feet in the room. Walt reveals that the bag uh, contains fulminated, fulminated mercury uh, yeah. and uh, Walt threatens to smash the entire bag to the ground as well. Uh, Tuco submits and agrees to the payment as well as agreeing to a purchase 
for uh, next week as well. Walt offering 35,000 for the next pound of meth. Walt demands instead that Tuco buy two pounds of meth a week for 70,000. Uh, Tuco uh, egregiously agrees. Egregiously, sorry, agrees. Um, Walt leaves the building, wants back in his car, and then has this just burst of celebration of uh, th- this rush that he just gets. Um, there's quite a lot to talk about here, of course. The Heisenberg name being being yes. used for the first time. Um, Skyler and Walt, Walt Jr.'s reaction to him losing his hair. Like Walt, Skyler's like really shocked, and possibly for the first time in his life, Walt Jr. is actually impressed with his dad. Yeah, uh, like he uses the word. I think he says like badass, badass. dad yeah. or whatever. Like you, you, we've all seen, you know, in these six episodes, the scenes that them two have had together. He's never reacted to his dad like that before. Yeah. Um. But yeah, clearly taking it in his stride and just shaving all of his hair off because you see in the shower scene, uh, it starts to come off on that. Which uh, some yeah. I know some cancer patients tend to do that instead of like waiting for your hair to fall out. I guess you just yeah. Kind of if it ends up off. being patchy, you just go yeah. screw it, yeah. just shave everything off. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about that first little bit. Uh, Walt Junior's reaction and then Skylar's reaction. She kind of just holds her hand over her mouth, really shocked. And uh, Walt Junior is actually impressed with his dad for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you think of that? I yeah, I I rather like this scene. It makes sort of sense. I think the the reaction from Skylar is kind of interesting because I think she's shocked to see him like that, and also there's a certain amount of the reality hitting at that point right, because yeah. you know she she's seen him you know have the cancer stuff and she's seen him have coughing fits, but this is a a fundamental visual change, and it's it it's kind of the point where I think it possibly hit Skylar as well as, okay, this is happening. And, and it, it, cause it's such a major visual change to the guy's sort of features that, that I, I think this is one of the points where it, it sort of starts to really hit, uh, Skylar that, that, yeah, you know, her husband is sick and this is happening and, you know, this is what he looks like now. You know, so I, I think that, makes sense to a certain extent and i i love walt jr's reaction because like you say i think this is the first time he's had he, he shows some real respect for his dad of like going you know yeah not taking the mickey out of him and not saying oh you look ridiculous like oh badass dad you know which i think he's he's lovely and a great reaction to it as well so yeah i i thought that was really interesting to play yeah it's brilliant um yeah, name Heisenberg gets used here for the first time. You know, yes. podcast is called Becoming Heisenberg. He hasn't quite become Heisenberg yet, I don't think. He's just sort of no, in, in, in the midst of his changed, of I think, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you know, as I say, there's there's a sort of Walt Heisenberg hybrid, which uh, you mm. know, as we get further into it, he becomes far more Heisenberg and far less Walt. Um but but at this point, Heisenberg's kind of the mask, you know? Um mm. If you if you use a Batman analogy of sort of Batman Bruce Wayne, you know, there's always the argument of of is is Bruce Wayne the mask or is Batman the mask? And I think at this point it's more, you know, Heisenberg is the mask that he's using to front things, whereas, you know, he's still very much Walt underneath. And at some point in this series that changes. Whereas Heisenberg becomes the person and Walt is the mask. You know. Um so I I, I think yeah we're not there yet but this is certainly where we first 
properly see a full-blown Heisenberg moment. I mean, there was the incident with the car a few episodes ago where he blows the guy's car up and he actually makes, you know, I think that's the first time you actually see him do something which is actively him acting out in some way, yeah. you know, of, yeah. of of physically causing somebody harm rather than doing it by accident, you know, because we're saying that the, the death of Crazy Eight was kind of forced upon him. This is, you know, that's sort of the first time you see him act out in a particular way. And, and again, this is one of those early kind of signs of him doing something to get something for himself you know he's but he has kind of been forced into the this position you know it's yeah. not something that he's decided he's doing it because he's heisenberg and this is what he'll you know and and people should respect that he he's doing he he's created the persona to go in and achieve something because somebody has wronged him you know yeah. so there's the reasoning behind it isn't kind of what we would say is full-blown Heisenberg. He's the badass sort of drug dealer that does things because he's a drug dealer. Whereas, you know, this isn't quite there yet. Yeah. What's interesting to me as well is a couple of episodes ago when they had, you know, the talking pillow scene and all that. Um, and what we're saying about, like, I don't really get to make choices in my life and my life has been kind of just guided mm. for me in a way. In this particular big paragraph I've just read out on that, there's two choices he actually makes for himself. One of which is, you know, I'm going to take control of, I guess, the hair situation and sort of yeah, take control of my, my you know, my physical appearance. And then this just massive decision he's made for himself of like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to this big drug lord person who's just beating up my friend and uh, demand all this money and be really confident and stuff. And uh, that's a really interesting change for Walt as well. Um, especially because like because uh, we we've, we've spoken about Walt's confidence and like the differences between Walt and Heisenberg and that you sort of see it really start to change with the with the end of this episode particularly because he's clearly a bit more confident when he goes to like the breakfast table and you know ask for the butter or whatever you see a bit of a different Walt there as well and then later you kind of see again like this proto version of Heisenberg that does go to see Tuco and is fairly confident but yeah. still has some nerves about him and for, you know for understandable reasons it's the first time yeah, he's yeah. you know gone to see Tuco and all that but yeah just, just the kind of the two different the different levels of confidence um it starts to become there's not just two there's like different layers to it as well uh, i think as well which is uh, yeah. pr- pretty big for um you know arguably the main character of the show as well uh, so. on a on a slight side note they they did do a mythbusters episode about this particular scene um okay because of the fulminated mercury uh, and the they, they basically kind of declared it busted because uh there, there are various things i mean fulminated mercury doesn't look like that um it's actually a more of a yellow powder uh, although it's unstable unstable and and these highly sensitive to like friction and movement and impact and stuff throwing it on a wooden floor probably wouldn't cause enough force for it to detonate and the amount of quantity wouldn't blow out the windows. Although some of that you could argue is Walt being a, the genius scientist that it is, although he says it's former naked mercury, it could be um, that mixed with something else possibly. So I'd be prepared to sort of let it go in some respects. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, they're also saying that the larger amount, which was yeah, the big bag, had he actually managed to use that and blow it up, wouldn't have just blown out the windows. It would have blown up the wall and killed everybody. You know, it just killed everybody in the room. So, which I mean was what he was threatening to do. But yeah, because he had the whole bag of it. Yeah. 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 So so you could argue that maybe that was a slight lie on Walt's part, and there was something else in that in the the chips that he used or you know maybe he's just a genius chemist and 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 worked out a different way of of doing it that made it made it more unstable or i mean that there are ways to talk around it but yeah certainly the mythbusters guys didn't think that it was possible to do it with Mm -hmm. with what that was but you know i don't think it takes away from the episode particularly you know you you kind of go with it in, in this but i thought that was interesting so one one thing I think is quite cool about that scene particularly is slightly earlier in the episode we get a bit more of establishment about okay what Jesse knows about the business side and obviously like I said before with well, not really knowing as much about that and how to distribute drugs and stuff and how to sell them all and uh, Walt's kind of like not really in the know about that sort of stuff obviously there's no yeah. reason that he would be. But him kind of going to Tuco, this big drug lord, and he's demanding all this money. He's got this bag of, well, whatever it is, that the material that he's using. And he's trying to, you know, sell the meth and stuff. He's using his biggest weapon with him. And it's not really, it's both his knowledge. Use, is it, he's using basically his knowledge as his weapon, in a way. Because yeah. he's turning, you know, his science into weapon. I mean, he even kind of throws a little line in there about, like, you know, um, he, he says something about, like, science... Uh, or like a tweak of chemistry or something like that that he says. Yes. Um, yeah. Which just fits really well with his character. Because you wouldn't really... D- Jesse wouldn't do anything like that. Like he wouldn't know how to no. make this like batch of whatever it is. He wouldn't like do all that sort of stuff. Jesse's the one who's tried to go in there and negotiate. And Walter's the one who has tried to do that but got a plan B mm. to use his science that he knows as a weapon. Which I think is really cool. So, And it works. So... Which yeah, I think is yeah. really cool. Uh, what, what do you think yeah. of Walt's confidence in terms of just going in there and saying you're going to give me this and that, and then it doesn't quite work, and then, like I said, the science as weapon sort of I, result. Yeah, I, I, I like this whole scene partly because of the the fact that you know, like you say, using science as a weapon, I think is 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 interesting. You know, because he obviously knew that he was going to go in there and he was probably going to get searched, so it was mm. a very clever way of doing it, and it shows Walt's intelligence, and it also it is a great way of him establishing the Heisenberg persona within the sort of criminal drug world of, you know, hey, there's this crazy guy who's a crazy good chemist and, you know, he blew up the uh, Tuco's room, you know, that's how good he is with, like, something that looked like meth, you know. So there's a way of, of starting, you know, as a way of starting the myth of Heisenberg, it's a really solid way of in the sort of criminal underworld of saying, yeah, I'm here. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and there's no way that anybody would guess that he happened to be, you know, some random high school science teacher, you know, it's just not what you <laughs> yeah, expect. Yeah, one of your last guesses, I suppose. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, establishing all that is good. And what's also interesting is the fact that he, the reason he's doing this Yes, it's partly to do with the money and the fact that he needs the money. And but there is, I think, a certain amount of that as one when he goes and sees that Jesse's got beaten up for it. And he's like, you know, because he could have just gone in and said, you know, you stole the meth from me. I demand the money. But he doesn't. He goes in and demands 50,000 because he wants 15 grand for 
<clears throat> for Jesse's pain and suffering. And, and he goes and, and I mean, it's not entirely clear whether he's doing that as an excuse to get more money out of him or whether he genuinely is doing that because he's upset that somebody beats up Jesse and he wants to show, you know, whether that's he wants to show strength or whether it's, you know, because he deep down, regardless of what it seems, he does actually care about Jesse. So it's sort of interesting because it's not, it's never entirely clear the reason that he kind of asks for the more money, whether it is genuinely about Jesse or whether it's just, I can get more money out of him for this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yes, yeah. it's, it's a fantastic scene that. Yeah. Uh, then we have the last scene, which is him walking to the car, you know, going back to the, the cold open and whatnot uh, and everyone being kind of shocked and, you know, ready to leave the area and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then just gets this rush from uh, what what he's done, I guess. Um, mm. I mean, he probably hasn't experienced many things close to this in his life because he's been doing, you know, this overqualified teacher's job. He worked at the car wash where he wasn't really respected. Um, his son and wife have not really quite respected him as much as maybe he's wanted to. And, like, he's, like, had, you know, Hank probably over his head his his whole life and stuff and this is something he's individually succeeded at Mm. uh, using again like i said the thing he's best at which is his science he succeeds here he gets his money um he like you know sets up to get a meeting with tuco next week or whatever it is um does this explosion which is successful and then just uh walks away in this kind of badass uh yeah you know, mode or whatever gets to his car and just realizes kind of what he's done i suppose takes this moment to himself um and all that sort of thing so really really good way to uh to end the episode and to kind of round off that scene particularly uh with yeah. tuco so uh, what do you it, think of that yeah it's it's really interesting because we said sort of before that a lot of this is about ego and it's about control yeah. Yeah. and um you know because none of this would be necessary if I mean, none of this would be necessary if American has a decent health service. But, um, <laughs> you yeah, know, we've said that before. But but none of this would be necessary if he'd just ch- taken the check from Elliot, which would have been the easy thing to do. You know, his friend offered him no strings attached to pay for everything. He could have had the cancer treatment, could have taken the money. That would have been it. Um, no need to, to deal with drugs. But he doesn't want to do that because his ego won't let him. He, he wants to be the one that provides. You know, he, he feels ignored. He feels downtrodden. He feels like he has no control over anything. And what makes that final scene so important is the fact that, like you say, this is one of the first times he's actually done something himself. He's achieved something He's had taken control of a situation. He's got what he wanted out of it. He shows that he can, you know, he's the stronger person in this, you know, and it's an ego rush for him. Mm. And, and it's, it's that little high, you know, that little rush of adrenaline that I think you start to see Walt chase as it goes through, you know, he, he rather enjoyed being Heisenberg, you know, he, he and, and this, that sort of Heisenberg alter ego, that's why it starts to creep in. You know, he, he, it's about him taking control of his life. And although that takes him down a very dark path, that that's the, the thing, you know, he's, it's the ego of Heisenberg. It's the, the control that Heisenberg gives him. And, uh, so that, that little scene of him just kind of holding the money and kind of getting all excited and then, and then kind of regaining, you know, his composure and driving away and you hear the police sirens in the background, you know, he's got away with it. And, 
and it's that that starts to drive him forward i think mm-hmm. yeah certainly um and it's a very very good end to the episode as well setting up the actual season finale pretty well as well uh you've established a new villain you've established this new version of Walt with heisenberg um jesse will you know be fine and all that skinny pete's been involved um so yeah pretty good stuff pretty good stuff mm. for the penultimate episode um so that is that we'll be back next week with uh season one episode seven the season finale already has it gone quick to you because it's gone pretty quick for me yeah as well. yeah it has it has yeah. they, the episodes are actually despite the fact that they're what 45 50 minutes an hour whatever yeah, they are 45 50 yeah um, like yeah, for, 47 actually this one was by the looks of things. So yeah, they're 45 minute episodes, but they do go through really fast. You you know, it, I, and that's a sign of a great TV show where you never, never look at your watch once, you know. Um, I it, Yeah, it, it has gone through, I, as I said before, watching through this, it, it's very difficult to kind of, you know, not watch the next episode immediately afterwards. It is very bingeable watching it like this. Mm-hmm. And, but I, you know, because we're doing these these shows weekly, I'm trying not to sort of get ahead of myself. I'm trying <laughs> to sort of restrict myself to watching it sort of the day or a couple of days before, to, so it's fresh in my mind. But um, yeah, it is quite difficult not to just go, oh crap, and yeah, I want to see what happens next. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm really enjoying it. It's great. Yeah, me too. It's been a it's been a good idea so far. Um, it, I'm talking about pacing and all that. I mean, that's that's what I've been saying for years is one of Breaking Bad's biggest strengths i mean it's got a lot of strengths but uh pacing consistency they go together very very well in this show and uh the show doesn't really waste time vince had an idea from the start sure he changed things here and there along the way um i'm sure every showrunner definitely does but uh it's just it, it goes along with what i've been saying for a couple of years breaking bad had a plan from the start vince gilligan had a plan from the start he knew what he wanted to do and he just got in there and told the story and mm. um there's there's very little waste that i can think of in this show uh i mean like, like i've said yeah. before like some of the marie stuff is is maybe not as not as great or not really needed in that but it's not to the point where it like damages the show or whatever um so yeah it's got very few weaknesses this show as well which is which is pretty good um and we'll be back to talk about another episode yeah another episode next week with the season finale um, I think next week we'll maybe have a discussion um, about when we do season two. It probably won't be this year because we've got you know some other stuff to do later in the year as well. But uh, possibly next year. But we'll, we'll have a bit of a discussion about that at some point about when yeah. to do season two. So, uh, but in the meantime, you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, that will be really really good. Uh, you can head over to our Patreon page. Um, and look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for ad-free podcast, instant podcast, and review options. Amazon affiliate link, if you're buying stuff on Amazon, we can get a small cut. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, we've got plenty of those. Of course, the uh, Becoming Heisenberg. There's the Becoming Soul as well for Better Call Soul. Or the main entertainment talk feed, whatever you want to subscribe to. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to those as well. Uh, David's also on iTunes through Geek Town, your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news. Uh, so check that out. Geek Town Radio is on Tuesday. And you can also find all of that on geektown.co.uk. Uh, Bex is still streaming daily on Twitch. That is uh, Trista Bytes. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. That's for Bex. Sorry, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, that's for Bex on Twitch for geeky gaming and chatter and all that fun stuff. 
and watching things get broken and whatnot but um yeah you can find her on there if you follow her subscribe to her on twitch that'll be really cool uh barry's doing horror podcast still over on talk and stalk that's on youtube so look for that on there uh, for some different horror podcasts and things um word of mouth you can tell people that you know about the website the itunes feeds and everybody else's work social media facebook and twitter and if you can in different facebook groups that would be really great uh twitch i stream sometimes different games on twitch as well you can check that out let's play sundays will be back soon so have a look out for that and in the meantime thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week for the season finale goodbye bye